What do you think of when you hear the words Cold War? Most people jump to the United States and Soviet Union's little squabble not too long ago. But for me personally, I think of my relationship with the media. Not just me though, my people too. Regular consumers of media have a distorted image of black people and people of color. Media representation of racial minorities is rarely equivalent to the standards set by and for white people. As a black woman, I usually only see myself represented in the media through stereotypes that place black people as comedic relief or tropes that criminalize us. We, minorities, want to love the media so badly, but the media just doesn't love us. A 17-year-old is under arrest after an apparent ghost gun and about $30,000 in cash were found inside his book bag at a public school in downtown Brooklyn. Officials say a school secretary saw the weapon when he arrived at the Urban Assembly School for Law and Justice yesterday. The weapon and bullets were recovered. The Department of Education says in part, quote, dangerous items of any kind have absolutely no place in our schools. Charges against the teen are pending. Seems pretty cut and dry, doesn't it? But we all know how the media loves to spin a story. Although these facts are all true, the tone in which the media lets this information out causes a sense of unnecessary danger. This is actually my school they're talking about. But since I'm not getting paid to read lines off a little teleprompter with a theatrical tone to draw you in, you can trust I'll give you the truth about what actually happened. I sat down with my close friend to talk about the day our school got hijacked by the media. She's kind of something else. My name is Nashe. I'm a black female, a black African-American female to be clear, because there's a lot of different types of black people, you know, all different types of black people. Very diverse bunch. Me and Nashe go to Urban Assembly School for Law and Justice. We both chose this school for similar reasons and ended up bonding over those and became really good friends. Okay, so what made you choose this school? Um, I really want to pursue being a lawyer when I'm older, so I chose a school that had a high graduation rate and a high diversity rate. I want to be around black people or people of color that want to do the same thing that I wanted to do. Just like every other school, Urban Assembly School for Law and Justice, or SLJ for short, has its pros and its cons. Some cons being the school's location is surrounded by police stations and courthouses. This causes this weird, uncomfortable sense of foreboding, like we're constantly waiting for something bad to happen. Another con, the school staff has trouble reaching out to their kids and connecting on a personal level. Some of the pros are, it's a school of mostly minorities. We all have similar goals, and even when we don't, there's still a sense of relatability and community between us. Another pro is, we have lots of opportunities, most of which cater to the underprivileged, like internships, fellowships, and college preparation programs for people like me who need multiple paths laid out so we don't feel claustrophobic. Although the school is a pretty normal average school, we had a little incident. One incident that doesn't have to define the school's reputation. It happened a couple months into my freshman year. 
That day, I got home from school, and like any other teen my age, I started mindlessly typing away on Snapchat. When I stumbled on a screenshot of an article called School of Glock, my first reaction, I'm not gonna lie, was, you know, a little giggle here and there. But when I took a second glance at the screenshot, I realized they were talking about my school specifically. The next day, when I got to first period, it was confirmed by my advisory teacher that some kid had apparently brought a gun and $30,000 in cash to school. It was discovered that day by some random staff member completely by accident. Me and Najee didn't really know much since we weren't involved. I know it's a common misconception that all black people and people of color are all interconnected, like we're in some, side of, in some kind of like secret society. We actually heard through the grapevine, which is about as reliable as the telephone game, that the kid was a 17-year-old boy. We assumed that the kid was going to jail, but honestly, we still have no idea what became of him. I'd honestly be really surprised if he wasn't in jail. Not because I think he deserves it, because I don't, but because I know the school-to-prison pipeline is one of the rare systems that actually caters to black people and people of color. As a person of color, the moment he walked into school with a gun, his life went down the drain. It isn't even fair considering how many white boys shoot up their entire schools then get a cookie and a slap on the back because they're quote unquote mentally ill. Although my classmates and I had only just found out about the incident, the media's reaction in the following days made it seem like we were all just a school of thugs involved from the jump. thing that you're probably going to stumble upon when you search up School of Glock is this basically New York Post front page um, article that basically says School of Glock one day with metal detector in Brooklyn High School campus seizes 21 weapons. Seems very dramatic, very theatrical. In the background they have a picture of a menacing gun with bullets, um, very scary looking brass knuckles and knife. Honestly, I feel really threatened just looking at this picture. So they really did achieve what they were trying to achieve. That's a really creative title. Like, how did you even think of that? You know how demented you have to be to think of School of Glock and like, damn, that's the one. That's the one for real. Think about it, though. It was only one kid who brought a gun to school. Yet we're all the School of Glock. The whole school, everybody. Although what he did deserves some type of consequence, being put on display, ridiculed by the masses, and made an example of in the media was not the way to go about it. Especially when it's such an insignificant event in the eyes of the students. Bringing a whole school along for the ride wasn't the way to go about it either. Um, do you think like um, the, the way the media portrayed the incident, like, did it affect you the way they made it seem like it did? No, I didn't really care. It didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Like, he didn't threaten So you weren't scared for your safety or like... That's wrong. I'm a thug. I'm not scared of nothing. 
Um, like it, it, he didn't threaten to shoot up the school. Like it wasn't like a, wasn't like a lockdown. Like it was that serious that we should have had a lockdown. We didn't have a lockdown, and everybody went on about their day. Najee is like every other kid in the school, unbothered and unaffected by a situation that barely even made a change in her or anyone else's day. The incident from the gun didn't really bother me either. I felt nothing. I honestly couldn't care less if I tried. My only issue was nobody, not one person, thought maybe we should, you know, split the 30K before the cops get here, you know? Help some people out. What really genuinely pissed me off, though, was being labeled. Having kids ask me, isn't your school kind of violent? Aren't you scared? Don't you guys have a really bad reputation? The media controls the way society sees minorities. What most people don't realize is that negative representation in the media also has an effect on the minorities themselves. It goes back as far as when psychologists Kenneth and Mammy Clark originally did a social experiment, otherwise known as the doll test. It was to investigate if negative societal bias had an effect on a child's psyche. It was proven through the study, and so the courts ruled school segregation unconstitutional in Brown versus Board of Education. Now, a simple YouTube search is all you need to find more recent doll tests, but the results are still going to be the same. Is bias measurable even at an early age? Why is she the bad child? Because she's black, black. This test basically uses multiple dolls wearing the exact same thing, so the only distinct difference between them is their skin color. In this specific clip, a little kid points to which doll they think is bad and why. Kids internalize what they're told and taught. Keep in mind, this specific test was done around the early 2000s. There's a huge difference in the media we were exposed to then compared to now. Since kids these days are such regular consumers of the media, it constantly labels them as bad or violent. They're bound to start to embody these ideas. In simple terms, it's like a subconscious knowledge in the back of our heads that we're the problem. I'm the problem. Growing up, it's going to have negative effects on our performance in work, social settings, regular life in general, honestly. In this case specifically, though, it's school. The fact that it isn't even a question as to why the media painted the picture they did regarding SLJ is a real testament to how aware we as kids are of our own place in the media. Looking back, do you think there were any underlying reasons as to why like, the media had the reaction that they had? We're black. That's that's literally it. They took one black kid, one black boy that that was probably going through a rough situation or whatever he was doing, and they made it seem like the whole school full of people were juvenile delinquents and hooligans and like they made us seem like bad people and we're not all the kids I know get nineties, a hundreds and eighties and they don't even, you know, leave the house. <laughs> I remember how in the following days, we had metal detectors installed in the front entrances of the building. It caused so much tension in the school between the students and the officers. Here's what you need to understand. One thing about New York, the bums here, <laughs> they're built different. 
the bums here get dangerous. So many students bring self-defense items to school in order to protect themselves on the way home and to school. But suddenly, after the metal detectors were installed, security officers were taking these items away, like pepper spray, tasers, stun guns. For you to sit there and tell a 14-year-old girl to go home, traveling from borough to borough, with nothing to protect themselves, not even a pair of scissors, it's crazy. The whole weapons thing was crazy because we live in New York. All of us get on the subway as if the subway doesn't have crazy people on it and people that will grab you by your hair. Like, it's, the subway's a very scary place and most of the weapons that the people had were maces and like... Pepper spray, like... And one kid got got in trouble for having what's called Dr. Pepper in his bag. Yeah, that's crazy. But she should have got in trouble for having Dr. Pepper in his bag because Dr. Pepper is crazy. If you're <laughs> going to go down for something, go down for Pepsi or something. Like, that's oldie. <laughs> or Diet Coke. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. The school gathered a group of kids to write an article addressing the media's comments. The article was great. It really puts things into perspective for someone who doesn't know our school. It honestly just humanizes us and redefines who we are in a normal light. You know, it's actually kind of funny. We had to attribute human qualities to a school full of kids in order for them to be treated and seen with some kind of common decency. I thought personification was only for inanimate objects, but guess I was wrong. Guess my ELA teachers were wrong too. Ironic how this whole situation started because of quote-unquote kids' safety, yet ended with us even more unsafe. Schools with a predominantly ethnic dem demographic aren't prioritized. When we make mistakes, there is no one there to protect us or advocate for us. The media takes advantage of this by using bad situations as a punchline to some sick joke. The media use the situation at SLJ as a way to capitalize on a story and paint us in a negative light. Why in the world would you title an article about a school's gun incident, The School of Glock? For attention, that's why. This was a calculated attack on people of color. Another day, another example of the media capitalizing and profiting off of making black people and people of color out to be the bad guy. The only way I know how to fight this war is by speaking my truth. And this is my truth. For the Summer Youth Podcast Academy, I'm Fred Love Dizoms. Music from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you to The Bell and Gimlet Media. And shout out to my editor, Afif Nasuli.